What's going on traders? It's your boy Calvin, the new trader checking in and we are about to jump into part two of our interview with Joe Caruso, who is the trader that went from spending a year in jail to battling substance abuse and addiction to then finding the love of his life, which is now his wife, having three beautiful children and now becoming a full time successful Forex trader. And ladies and gentlemen, the first half of his story was amazing. So if you haven't heard it, definitely go back a couple of episodes and check out part one. But today we're going to finish up with part two. Buckle up your seatbelts because here we go. You're listening to the Forex Beginner Podcast with Calvin, the new trader. On this podcast, you'll get daily motivation, encouragement, and Forex trading tips as Calvin, the new trader, shares his journey with you. So let me ask you this, right? You are now experiencing growth in your personal trading. You have opened up this before you even got the offer to partner with your mentor. You were already, you started your own telegram channel. You're sending out signals. You already want to give back, right? It's what we talked about earlier. You kind of saw that when you were breaking addiction, you was like, man, if I really get myself together, there's so much potential here that I can do. I can help people. I can change the world. Right. And so you're doing that now. Like you're fulfilling that desire. You're like, man, I got something that's working. I'm experiencing the growth. I'm helping others. So let me ask you this, because you talked about once you left summit and you started diving into your mentor's course, you talked about, you know, back testing a lot. You would do your household duties, put the kids down, fix dinner, and then you'll jump into those charts. Let me ask you this, because as we spoke before, a lot of times as males, we we don't quite get that time management, especially when it's something that involves making money and we're getting introduced to it and it's new. We just want to clear everything out the way and just jump head first in learning Forex, right? Did your wife have to tell you, like, at any point, did you have that, that notion to just forget your obligations as a husband, as a father, and just cram the charts? Or did your wife have to pull you aside and say, hey, you know, I know you're excited, but you know, like, don't forget, you know, we need your help here or I need your help with the kids and things like that. Or was that just automatic for you? So certain certain duties, especially in the beginning before I was profitable, when I had a full time job, that was where the relationship was definitely there was tension um, because there's tension that you work a eight to 10 hours a day. You come home tired. Um, you know, by the time you clean yourself up, you take a shower. Um, so it depends who makes dinner. But you're pretty much exhausted. And then you have those dad duties. The difficult part was the my wife, me coming home and her not never getting a break from the kids. You know where it's like I come home, shower, cook, eat, kids go to bed like, hey, I got to hop on the charts. You know what I mean? Like kissing the cheek. Like what about us time? What about? Um, so that was where I would say we there was tension, almost struggled a little bit. And uh, we would try to compensate on the weekends you know, like go out as a family, do stuff together, at least on a Saturday, then Sundays markets are opening back. up. <laughs> I know, but it was, yeah, that was the attempt to really make the balance is if I'm spending some time at night or I try to back test, you know, on the laptop in the same room as her. So at least where it's not like I'm locked away in a, in another room, I would still try to spend time with her. 
but there was never a, I would say some people look for a healthy balance. And I feel almost at every moment in your life, there's going to be a bit of an unhealthy balance. It's very hard to say, hey, I'm perfectly balanced on husband, father, my job, (laughs) and and trying to learn something new. Exactly. There's always going to have to be a stretch. Yeah, because it's like if I want to leave my nine to five job, I have to put time and effort into learning something and getting good enough at it that I'll be able to leave the job. And I guess that, that kind of leads me to also touch on a lot of people have this, the, the thought or the belief that there's a whole bunch of full-time traders that just trade and do nothing else. Bro, why are you right? reading my mind? That was my next question. Yeah. Go, go, go. Just go, Joseph. Just go, bro. <laughs> go That's ahead, so man. funny. Yeah, it's honestly not a reality for many people. And it's very difficult. Most people don't realize the stress that it takes if that is your only source of income. The fact that I have to enter a trade or I don't have a place to stay. Or that they'll repo my car unless I take a trade like you cannot really maintain solid trading psychology in that frame of mindset where even if you have a 300 400k prop firm account you don't ever really want to have to trade to pay for stuff um if you you know there's definitely certain conditions that i think somebody could ease into it where i, I left my full-time job um when i got a funded account i quit the job my full-time job my Amazon job before I got my first payout. But that was the year that I got my biggest tax return ever. So I was sitting on about 12 or 13,000 from the tax return. I got a funded account. I knew I was, I shouldn't say I knew, but I had plans to start making money on the prop firm account. But I had a, a reserve fund at least that was sitting on something, a couple months of bills being paid. And even that, I left the full time job almost immediately. I still got a part time job. And up until I started doing Trader Society Academy and doing mentorship, until I started to have another, I was basically doing a part-time job. I was doing something that would help ensure that mandatory bills were getting paid. That way, my trading could be less stressful. You want to take as much stress off your trading life as possible because trading when you need money is it often never works. And I know I've tried it multiple times, putting the last of your money in a trading account in a prop firm saying, this is it. This is the time I've passed. It never, never happens. It never works, never. bro. Never, never works. Never. <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember last year we were looking at houses. We were in the market looking at houses. Um, and there was this one house that we went to go see and we loved it. The only thing is it, like the yard space was really, really small. But the house in itself was great. And uh, I met with the loan officer and it was letting us know like where we needed to be in terms of down payment with closing costs and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, we got down payment covered, but closing costs. And then of course you need reserves after, you know what I mean? Cause you never know what can pop up. And so I'm like, man, like we really got to build the reserve count back up if we're going to really do this this year. And so I literally brought a 400 K account uh, with the funded trader program, bro. And I literally thought (laughs) that I was going to make 10% uh, profit, you know, that I was going to pass in a month. You know, it typically takes me about 30 days to do a phase one, phase two to get that done with. But I really thought that I was going to be able to make 10% off a 400K account. um, Every month. Bro. 
I wanted yeah. to do it the first month. You know what I mean? Like just to get those reserves. You know what I mean? So we could buy the house. Because I had timed everything out. I was like, okay, once they finish the construction, this will be probably like four months out, four and a half months out. I was like, this is more than enough time for me to pass, get my first payout, and I'll be good to go. Bro, it never happened. <laughs> it just never mm -hmm. happened. It doesn't work, you know? And then once we scrapped that plan to even do the house, I did another like 100K account and just passed it in like three weeks, bro. Because it was no pressure there. It was no pressure. Yeah. There. So I totally agree. Now, what I do want to go back to, because I was going to ask you that next, is that I think we new beginner and developing traders, we do have this, this quote unquote vision of what a full-time trader is, right? All you do, you wake up and you just trade and that's all you do and you don't need anything else for money. And like I often bring up the example is, if you look at every like every successful trader that was walking around FX Summit 2023, right? They all have multiple streams of income. They all of them. They do. And, and sometimes it, trading is the smallest one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, bro. And so I love that you said that because that's what I had to understand. And when I understood that. That's when my personal trading went to the next level because I started seeing trading is trading is the money multiplier. You know, it's not the thing that's going to take me away from doing daily connections with people because you spoke about you like really tapping into your spiritual self and things like that. Well, I'm a huge believer in God, Jesus, like that's just me. And I believe that God created us for interaction with one another. And so when we talk about business, what is business? To do business, you have to exchange goods and services with another person that needs what you have. You know what I mean? And so I believe it's God's mandate that we always be intertwined with one another. And so for us to think that we're going to just trade and the big selling point for MLMs is you never have to depend on another person a day in your life, right? That's their big you selling point. You can stay point. locked in the basement and just trade and make money. Come on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, like that's the philosophy that's put out here. It's that like, you don't have to deal with people and that's totally against original intent. That's not God's design. God wants a Joseph to start a mentorship program so he can now take what he's learned and what's working for him and he can help people avoid and possibly save money on all these courses and all these things that Calvin had to do and just find one way of trading and help them so that they can better their lives and position themselves so that they can start another business or do whatever the case may be. So I'm happy that you talked about that. Um, so now you talked about there was a little tug and war between you and the wife. Okay. Um, how does it feel now or how is the relationship now where your wife has watched you embrace this skill set of Forex and she's seeing the success you've had? She's seeing the impact that you're making in the trading community. You're helping people. Has there ever been a moment where she just kind of just just tapped you on your shoulders like, Joe, Joseph, I'm really proud of you, man. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Yeah, definitely more recently, like you said, since things started to really fall together, where I think in the beginning, it's hard for the significant other to see how, how is this all going to come together? Like he just is trying to learn something. He's losing money constantly. Money's going out. No money's coming in and he spends all his time doing it. It's tough to try to convince somebody of the same light at the end of the tunnel that you could see. 
And I think a big part, and you know, you could count this as relationship advice is to be very honest with your significant other about the accounts you're buying, the money that's going in, if you're losing them, almost the progress that you're making because it helps hold you accountable. I have a buddy that I was talking to about this today where he's in relationships, a relationship problem because he blew through so many accounts so fast that now there's a big chunk of money gone and she thinks he's doing so good at trading, but he doesn't want to tell her the truth. And it gets you like, just like anything else, as soon as you start not to be honest about something and you continue to not be honest about that thing, it really can mess things up. Whereas if you were just completely honest, the your significant other would be so much more understanding. You know, if you're honest about your struggles and open communication with them, at least they can see, um, you know, because then you could talk about the vision. You could talk, hey, I watched this video and look, this guy is doing this. I met this guy. I talked to this guy on Instagram. He gave me this advice. I bought this. I struggle with this in my trading. I have a hard time waiting for trades. So I lost a couple percent today on the account. I was impatient. I'm trying to like, this is what I was doing wrong. Like you can really use your significant other as an accountability partner or whatever you want to call it, but, but almost like you would do with a trading buddy, but not everybody has that trading buddy to help hold them accountable. But I think it's important that if you're the, even if you're the main breadwinner, you know, the one who makes all the money for the household, even if you're that guy, um, and you're going through money that you say, hey, it's my money anyway, it shouldn't matter. I still think there's a degree of respect in that honesty that will go into that relationship. Yeah. I totally agree, man. I totally agree. It's <laughs> my first blown account was a $500 account. And I immediately told my wife and she was like, well, try it again. And I was so shocked. She's like, put another 500 <laughs> in, try it again. And I was so shocked, but I totally agree with you, man. Like, and just... You know, earlier when we were talking about toward the end of last year, how I started to lose some of my funded accounts. And, you know, I shared that with my wife and she got on me one night and this was like, like just out of the blue. She just got on me, bro. She was just like, you know, better than this. Like you're better than that. Stop being impatient. Stop playing, being undisciplined. Like, come on, man. You know, like she really like and it was random, but she just started just expressing just her her discontentment with me mismanaging those accounts after I've put so much time into getting them. And I think sometimes we need that accountability, like you said, because trading is so lonely that you you feel like you can break your rules and do whatever you want and nobody's going to know. But as I was told, <laughs> bro, as I was told by a mentor in life, bro, this mentor in life said, listen, Calvin, everything comes to the light eventually. Everything does. So the best thing to do it's just put yourself on front street. You know what I mean? Put yourself on notice. Embarrass yourself. Like do the Eminem, uh, like during the last battle of Eight Mile, you know, when he exposed everything about himself so his competitor couldn't say anything else bad. And that's what this lifetime mentor told me. He was like, Calvin, put yourself on front street because if you put yourself on front street, you don't have to worry about that stuff coming out and haunting you later, you know? And so I just totally agree with that, having that accountability. So tell me this, Joe. Um, now you're at this place where you're mentoring. Obviously, I mean, you talked about 95% win rate is what you guys are experiencing with this uh, strategy right now. Is that correct? He's, his MyFX book has maintained a 96% win rate for almost 18 months consecutively. Wow. My, our signals combined are, I would say, between 85 and 90. But I'm, we're not calling a signal every single day. There's weeks where we might call one. 
There's weeks where there's two. There's even been weeks where we called none, anywhere from zero to three trades a week. Um, it's yeah, it's it's pretty insane. But when I to explain to somebody, because a lot of people, certain strategies aren't really made to be high win rate. Like there's strategies that kind of accommodate where it wins 50% of the time, but the trade's always a one to four. So right. it's fine that you lose. This trade maintain or this strategy maintains the a one to two and a half up between that and a one to four on some trades. Uh, but the biggest factor is that the higher time frames have to line up. So it really is a matter of three different indicators and several different time frames. The three indicators on three different time frames, all lining up to support each other. You know, structure has to be supported on a daily. If you're entering a four hour, it needs to be at a level on the daily that makes sense. Yeah. Going generally going with the trend as a support, turn resistance, then your four hour could be giving you a reading on the TDI that we look for. Um, uh, a trend line, a fib retracement level. Like when all these things line up, most of the trades that we call as signals are trades where literally the there's so much lining up there that you can see that okay this is why it wins so much and this is also why there's not so many of these trades because they don't happen too often but when you can see like literally the list of confluences we use are moving average bollinger band trend line um structure fib retracement and then higher time frame um you know higher time frame direction or going with the trend is counted as a confluence as well so when you have all that line up and you have several MAs on several different time frames lining up, um, that's really what the magic is behind it is it's waiting for everything to line up so well that it's like an undeniable type of trade. So tell me this, how did you build your philosophy to say, Hey, when you see it and everything's there, take the trade. Don't hesitate. How did you get yourself to that point, man? Yeah, because I, I definitely understand that it can sound complicated to newer people, that there's so many confluences. But in the in his free course on his YouTube, it's 25 videos, and basically each video covers a certain confluence. And then towards the end, it, there's a video for each, you know, how to set your stop loss on a divergence trade, how to set your stop loss on a shark fin trade and a shark fin is just the the type of reading that we look for on a a tdi a tdi is basically an rsi with a bollinger band on it okay and for a shark fin it's when the, the tdi comes out of the band and also below the 25 level for a buy or above a 75 for a sell so it's more than it's an rsi with the bollinger band so you kind of get extra confluence it's not just using an rsi because both conditions have to happen on an rsi for it to be considered a shark fin and it literally makes the shape of a shark fin yeah which is where it gets its name from um but to in order to be able to pull the trigger like that like i say for me it was back testing for me it was watching the videos and some of them i had to watch over because i had never really used indicators much before so I had to see examples happen over and over and see how well they play out. Like, okay, shark fin at a moving average, get in at the 50, exit at the 200. You know, being able to see certain examples or buy a divergence at a low, exit at the 50 MA. Um, I had to watch 
watch it happen over and over. And because, like I was saying, it's more of a four hour is the main time frame. So forward testing, live trading, you're not going to get so many examples to go off of. Your most examples are going to come from back testing. And that's really where for me, the confidence came in is I had to see it play out over and over so that when I saw it live, I was able to have that confidence in taking it. What are you doing to work on your psychology outside of trading? Are there any books that you're reading? Are, are there any, you know, um, like entrepreneurs that you follow? What do you do to work on your psychology to stay focused outside of trading? Outside of trading, um, I even think being a father is a form of discipline. Mm. For sure. The composure of being the only person that works in the household. So I feel in each area, you know, being in recovery, being a father, being a husband, being the main source of income in the household, each contribute a sense of uh, discipline that has to be worked on and has to be maintained. You know, as a parent, you really have to be disciplined with your kids in a sense of you, you can't be too, too rough on them, but you can't be too lenient. And you have to con control yourself when you get angry at these things that they do and they smash expensive things for no reason. They go places they're not supposed to. They they open the back door and they're halfway down the street. Like little like they just do all little kids do all sorts of things. And obviously it's from an innocent point of view. Like they don't know half the they don't realize half the stuff they're doing or mean it with ill intent. But that's you know, that's a form of discipline. Um physical exercise for me is also a discipline that I try to maintain. Um continuing to pray and stay close in my in my spiritual life, Come stay on. close to God, Love try it. to do the right thing. And that's that really also ties in with helping other people. I feel like if I'm doing like you mentioned, the whole connection, definitely what we're put on this earth for. Because if you spend time with other people, how how uplifting that can be. And it doesn't matter if you're in a group of people higher than you and you're getting advice from them or whether you're the guy who's helping other people. There's benefits to both where you could either be learning or you could be teaching, but both are positive and both will make you feel better versus you just sitting by yourself and not having any interaction. There's definitely a difference that I feel is very innate, like you say, that you could feel that it's almost a God-given thing, that it's very generalized. If you isolate yourself, you usually won't be happy. If you have human interaction constantly, you tend to be more open, open to discussing issues you're going through, and also open to helping other people going through stuff. And that definitely um, makes you feel good. As far as books go, I'm very big on uh, – I like metaphysical books that cover metaphysical and the relation between the spirit mind and the physical world. You know, it kind of, it's not really that mystical. It's more of how our thoughts uh, end up becoming reality and how things manifest first in our mind. Um, just like prayer, you pray for things and then prayer with some action and you get some change, That's it. but you don't just pray and it falls down in front of you, That's you know, it. like it goes hand in hand, but I really do believe a lot of, a lot of what we think in our mind um, is a heavy influence on our life. You know, the things we watch, what we read. I like Mark Douglas's material in terms of trading. I think is absolutely great. Um, so I listen to, I've listened to his his books, a couple of them, of some of his seminars he has on YouTube. Um, Emmett Fox is another author that I really like. It was 
the genre is considered metaphysical Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like stuff that is really, really grounded deep in prayer because, again, I think that prayer and thought is honestly the start of everything. Oh, any change that's yes. going to happen, any good, yeah, it all it all starts. It all happens with self talk, and as a as a trader, self talk is huge because when you're there trading at the screen, you know we all go through a form of self talk where the act of trading itself, you're usually alone, unless you're on a trading floor at the New York Stock Exchange. Or, you know, someone in your house is trading. But there's usually that aspect where you have to make a decision and it comes down to you and yourself. And you don't always have someone to answer you instantly. So you have to make those decision, decisions. You know, the trades come into the stop loss. Am I going to move my stop loss? Am I going to take the stop? Am I going to add a position because I don't want to accept the loss? Am I going to double the lot size on the next trade? Like these things that self-talk to me is very important. Prayer helps me stay centered in my self-talk as well when I can really see myself going out of line because it's so easy to convince ourselves. You know, like you were saying, just how bad you need that money. When you're thinking about over leveraging or jumping into a trade that day when you saw nothing, how easy it is to say, well, you know, what? what's the worst that happens? I take a loss. Most likely my next one will be a win after that. So I'll just take a bigger lot. So I'll take a larger position on if I take a loss or two, then I'll just triple my lot size. That'll have to be a win. And then I'll make it all back. And then I'll pass in another, or you know what I mean? Just the the mindset and the that self-talk could be so destructive if we don't stay centered. So what I'm going to do now is I'll shoot a couple questions at you. And you can just give me a quick response. Personal account or prop firm account? Prop firm. How many prop firms are you currently funded with? It's one but I currently have two 300K challenges with the funded trader right now. One's on phase two and one's halfway through phase one. So in the next month or two, I'm looking to max out funding with them. Wow. What's your philosophy on getting funded? Like what's your approach with it? My approach is wait for the absolute perfect trade to start the challenge. I used to do the whole build a buffer, take some small trades first, but with the type of strategy we use, the trades work out most of the time. So I came to now realize that it's better to wait for A plus trade and then make it worth it. You know, then I'll actually put a 1% or 1.5% risk on that trade. But sometimes I wait seven days, 10 days for this trade to happen. And like that's what happened with my phase one that's up 4%. It was one trade on gold. I was waiting for gold to finally become bullish the last couple, last two, three weeks. It happened last week. It led into this week. I saw that area get hit and I said, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm going to put a one, one and a half percent risk on this. It hit take profit. It was 4%. Now my challenge starts and I'm up 4%. I'm halfway done. So that's my philosophy is really wait to make sure your risk is going to be worth it. But don't just jump the gun, start your time limit. Um, and end up, you know, worst case scenario, you take a loss and your time is ticking. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I never functioned well when my, my first trade or two was a loss. Bro, I just <laughs> talked, bro. This is crazy, bro. We can talk all, I just spoke about that like two episodes ago. I was talking about when you start a prop challenge, you want to win that first trade. Cause if that first trade does not go right, you start spiraling out of control. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. I just said And the that. problem is if you risk too little on the first trade, then you only make a half a percent. And then your next trade is 1%. Like you don't want the risk to reward to be negative to where 
you won two trades, but then your third trade is a loss and you're already negative and lost your profit from the first. So that's why I go a little bit heavier with the first trade, but I literally will try to wait for the absolute best setup. I totally agree. Totally agree. Now, I know I said I was going to send a couple questions at you, but you kind of just already <laughs> tackled what I want to talk about. But, man, Joseph, <laughs> man, you are a complete blessing, bro. And I just want to give you some flowers again. Man, what you're doing is phenomenal. Your mission, your story, it's just awesome, bro, to see a brother like you, man, deal with some things and completely 180 your life, bro. Find the woman of your dreams, get married, have three beautiful children. Um, and then now you just find the right information and the right person to guide you on this trading journey. Now you're in a place where it's like whatever happens in this world, it's like dad, hubby's going to know how to multiply our money. You know what I mean? And so it's like that's such a powerful thing in itself. And then you're giving back. You know what I mean? You're not forgetting where you started and where you came from. When I reached out to you, you were more than happy to jump on. And it was to my surprise that you actually listened to this podcast before. So it was just, bro, like I just want to say thank you, bro. And what you're doing, if nobody ever tells you, bro, what you're doing is powerful and it's needed and it is a true inspiration and it's something that I can take and say to myself, hey, man, am I giving back enough? Because, bro, what you're doing is awesome. So with that being said, where where, or what can we expect from Joe a year from now? Where does Joe want to be? And it can be like uh, like geographically, you know, maybe you want to move um, or it can be, you know, um, a certain business place, you know, where you want to be. And what can we expect from you a year from now? Um, I'll probably be moving to Florida later this year. That's, Why not? <laughs> that's Why probably not, happening. bro. Why not yeah. come to Florida, bro? Go exactly. ahead. Exactly. I lived there for 10 years when I was younger. I used to live in central Florida, right in Kissimmee. Oh, for real? Yeah. So are you thinking about moving back in that area or more South Florida? Yeah, probably central Florida, honestly, where, because especially with three young kids, all the attractions are there. Um, that's probably more ideal. I think we were actually looking around Davenport. More than likely. Come on, bro. Hey, bro, we're going to talk after. I want to talk to you about yeah, something. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead and continue. <laughs> so as far as, I mean, I love the aspect of mentorship where right now I, I, I went from doing individual mentorship to quickly doing group mentorship where I do it guided like a different topic covered each week. And then I also do a one-on-one -on -one with the person um, each month. So it's a couple months that go by where I can cover all the topics that I feel are crucial. And, you know, do questions and answers on the group session. So I want to keep doing that group mentorship. I like to be able to work one on one and with the group and be able to give a direct, um, almost like a direct seminar on a topic exactly as I understand it. Support resistance, moving averages, um, stop loss entries. When do I move my stop to break even? How do I take partials? Things that are important that a lot of people have no idea about. I really feel some some topics are really worthy of having like an hour, hour and a half long session, giving all these different examples, let people ask questions. So I really want to keep doing mentorship, um, Trader Society Academy. I want to keep doing that. Our live trading, you know, live trading for a couple hours a day, Monday through Thursday. I'm basically with the community whenever I'm trading. Uh, trading. So it's like I'm teaching and live trading. It helps me keep me, keeps me accountable, but I'm also able to show, you know, these hundreds of people exactly what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. So they could see that process. 
as far as the funding, my goal is by the end of this year to have at least a million in funding. So I'm honestly thinking just like 600 and 600 because like I already have the two going on once that's completed. My whole mindset around that is under leverage the crap out of the accounts. Like I don't know about you, but I've had the experience of getting funded, losing it. I've lost right before I got payouts. I've lost right after I got payouts. Always trying to hit big numbers on in, in my experience, it was always I had 100K funded and I was trying to push 5 to 10% a month every month and it just wouldn't work. Where now I'm like, let me expand the fund. Let me go for 600K. Let me risk 0.25 per trade. Let me risk 0.15 on a trade. Let me just go for 3% a month, 2% a month, whatever the market gives me, right? Bro, are you like – So that's really the goal. The synergy, I'm telling – bro, our mindsets are so – anybody that listens to this podcast more specifically the audio podcast where we're posting every day for you guys that are just on the youtube just getting the interviews go to the audio side too i'm dropping episodes every day but for those people on the audio side right now they're like this guy and calvin are so similar let me tell you bro that's the philosophy i was doing bro it was literally this go one to three percent in profit on the funded account so when i take that first trade if my TP hits on that first trade, and typically I'm always looking for like a one or two, like that's just me, all right? So it's like if I go into profit on that first trade and I hit my 2% target, or maybe I get an exit indicator and it's showing me, hey, like this low isn't getting broken or this high isn't getting broken, whatever the case may be, and I exit early, whatever I make, I'm done trading until I get my payout for that account. And then I just go to another funded account or start working on a new challenge. And so my mind has been, like, bro, these accounts are such a blessing if we just keep them conservative and not try to over leverage them. You know what I mean? And so my whole thing has been just get multiple accounts, get more funding and trade one, go into profit. You're done into the withdrawal. If you see another setup, use the other account and just do it like that. Because if you have four accounts and you're making 2% on each of those accounts, that's 8% at the end of the month across those four accounts. And that's how I started to see it rather than trying to pump this one account, you know what I mean, to 5% a month, 10% a month. And that is the way that has made me profitable. And that's the way that when I lost funded accounts and lost my profitability, that is what I started getting back to in 2023 that has gotten me back to my withdrawals happening at the end of the month and uh, biweekly as well. So I'm with you on that 100%, bro. People are trying to pump big numbers on small accounts and a prop firm account is cannot, it cannot be treated anything like a live account. You cannot do the same type of, they have very strict rules where don't get hung up if you lose a challenge. Cause like, you know, Calvin was saying, there are plenty of good traders that will not pass their challenge or they might lose a funded account. It is not a measure of whether you're a good trader or not. It's prop firms have a very specific business model. And they have to maintain, they maintain a set of rules, which of course puts the odds more in their favor. And they know that a very slim percentage of traders are that disciplined to be able to maintain the funded accounts. It is possible that you can do it, but just because you don't pass a challenge, I always tell people like, don't take that as like, you don't know how to trade because it definitely doesn't mean you don't know how to trade. You could have had a bad month. You could have had a bad day. Doesn't negate the rest of what you're doing. They just have rules where if you violate, the account is gone. You know, if that was a live account, no, you lose 5% today. That's really not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, you have to treat those things. You have to treat a proper account with respect. 
<laughs> yes, sir. I totally agree. So, ladies and gentlemen, man, this has been a phenomenal interview with my man, Joe, a.k.a. Joseph. Um, We're going to definitely bring him back again. But, Joseph, right now, if there is anything that is on your heart that you would want to share with a new trader right now, this is a new beginning trader, or maybe this is a developing trader that has experienced some consistency but has hit a rock and they're stuck right now, either or, what words of encouragement would you give them? And I also want you to let us know where we can follow you and where we can connect with you as well. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, words of advice. When I look at things I struggled with the most, you know, early on, of course, it was getting a defined strategy because you can't get, you can't make consistent money if your trading isn't consistent. You can't chase the money before you chase the consistency. The consistency is what you have to chase. And then the result of that is the money. But if you try to hit all these numbers without really knowing what you're doing, it's going to be very, very inconsistent. So I would say that you really need to hone in on a specific strategy that is preferably being teached by somebody that you are able to get advice from, link up with, mentorship with, um, a strategy. Again, most strategies are profitable if they're followed. There's very few that are designed um, by their nature to not be profitable. It's the person that makes it not profitable. It's the emotions that makes it not profitable. Um, so following a finding and following a strategy is crucial for new people. Doing the back testing so you actually have a sample size and can just see, okay, this strategy, I sampled 50 trades or 20 trades. This is the results. And then finding one that fits your lifestyle at that moment, you know, because if it's something completely, if you don't have the time and it's a quick scalping um, and you just don't have the availability, you might not be able to make it work. So you really have to find a strategy. For me, I think higher timeframes, it's nothing bad about scalping, but I think there's a lot of reliability in higher timeframes versus scalping. And I used to chase scalping for the quick money. I, I chase scalping for the wrong reasons. You know, thinking that, oh, why would I want to take two to hold a trade for two days if I could just scalp and make the money fast? But there's a reason so many consistent traders look at the higher time frames and aren't on the one minute chart. There's definitely a reason. So I would say really consider one hour, four hour daily looking at those higher time frames and a model which follows those. Um, for people who have been doing this for a while, I would say. The need to trade every day was a habit that I was really bad with. And even when I was swing trading, you know, I even now we trade, we look at every pair. We look at the majors, the minors, the three US indices. We look at gold, we'll look at silver. Um, but there's a lot of different pairs to choose from. But we are super particular about what we trade. So not having to trade every day. You don't have to trade every day. And use my example of, I recently started a 300K prop firm challenge. I bought it like oh, it's a little over a week ago. I didn't trade it until Monday this week. I took one setup, I made 4%. 4% in a week, I'm not trying to do that every week. You know, I'm happy doing that one one trade, one week, make 4%. That's that's how I want to pass my challenge, two, three trades. But think about that as you can click the button one time in a week and make a couple, you know, it could be even 2%, 3%. All it takes is the one trade. But when you get into the every single day, I have to 
make a trader. I have to catch 10 pips every day. I have to make 1% every day. That mindset I'm telling you is it's not consistent. And there are plenty of days where markets are consolidated. Higher time frames have a completely different schedule than when than what you want to happen. Um, to Not to go against that, um, the higher time frames where if you see some funky stuff going on in the higher, so you're looking to buy and this thing is selling like crazy, like today might just not be your day. Like <laughs> really you don't have to trade every day. And that was one of the more recent things that I know I had struggled with. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is the Joe Caruso. Um, you can also find me and Derek Vandalinder's group trader society. Uh, you can find us on that's uh, that's also the website name. So tradersociety.com is where our live trading um, and Signal Group is found. But if you want to get in touch with me directly, Instagram is probably the best way. Ladies and gentlemen, my man, Joseph Caruso. My hope and my desire is that you have looked at Joseph's journey. Um, the little bit that you've learned, because there's so much. Like this is years that we tried to compact down into a 60-minute interview. So definitely, I'm definitely going to invite this brother back. Maybe next time we could do it in person when he gets to Florida. But let me tell you, today's episode was very, 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 very good and informative. And you can definitely get some motivation, some real-time tactics that you can take with yourself back in the market from this episode. So I really recommend that you rewatch it a couple times. All right, listen, as I always say, me and Joe look forward to running into you at the bank one day, but you cannot meet us at that bank. You got to beat us at that bank. When we pull up to the bank, you should already be walking out with a duffel bag on your shoulder, a big smile on your face, because this is how we say we believe we all going to be successful. All right. We believe your dreams, your ambitions, as Joe spoke about anything that you can think of, it's already manifested in the spiritual. You just got to do the work to see it manifest in the physical. All right. It's your boy Calvin, a new trader. My man, Joe Caruso, saying peace. Holla at you later. And God bless you. Holla at y'all later. Peace.